Today's Ba'ad has been dedicated for Habocha Choshev of David Cohen, one of the Choshev of Bochum in our yeshiva. Mezat Hashem, and the Zichut Halimud HaTorah, Zichut HaTzedakah, Yishmat Sliach, Bochum Ha'asei Adav, and he should give Nahat to his parents. We started last week the unbelievably fundamental and famous writing and works of Rabbi Sol Salante called Igeris Hamusa. Okay? So today, Be'ez HaShem B'Siyat HaZeshmaya will be able to um, bring some practical work here and understanding. Let's see. Let's have Be'ez HaShem will have Siyat HaZeshmaya. Let's read over again the first two paragraphs which are really a introduction to the actual letter. Right? So he said again, A person is free with his dimyon, with this that a person has, <clears throat> which can be used for a good thing, but in this situation the person is using it in a bad way. And this dimyon is able to distort the truth and allow the person to be free. Free to do what he wants. The But if he uses a different koyach that Hashem gave a person called seichel, then he would be tied up, meaning he's not free. The power of dimyon will, will bring a person to go in the way of his heart's desires. Balyaches, yechais, yechas, maosid havadai. Not to be afraid of the future which is for sure coming. That means we have to, the way we have to read this is that a person who has seichel will be afraid. A person who has dimyon will not. What's this osid havadai? Eis yifkoid Hashem. A time that Hashem will have a deen about all of his actions. And the person will be punished for his bad deeds. He'll have Yisurim. And no one else will take his place. That means... That about Dimyan thinks someone else will be responsible. He himself will be the one who has to carry the fruits of his sins. Same guy. Don't think it's someone else. It means Dimyan <coughs> will say it's someone else. The way we explained it was <coughs> that a person will. Uh, think that other people are responsible. Others learn this a little differently, that he kind of disconnects himself from his neshama. His neshama will get punished, but it has nothing to do with him. Okay, but we're going to learn it more in a practical sense, because that's what we're here to do, to try to figure out a derech and avoidah. Okay? Morahi. It'll be bitter. No, the person shouldn't think that I can handle it. 
Okay, so that's how the dimin would work. I just want to stop on one word that I ran through a little quick. A human being tends to believe that the way Hashem will look at him, if it's about dimin, the way he thinks that Hashem will look at him more in a general sense. I'm in general, I'm a good guy. In general. But really, in actuality, the Baal Seichel understands and knows. Each and every action by itself will be analyzed and scrutinized. So, to kind of lower the worry about the future, he says, in general, I'm a good guy, I'm learning, I'm davening, I'm okay. And Hashem will look at me in the general sense. Okay, so that's part of Dimyan to do that. Ah, David, you just missed my big shout-out because this vad was dedicated in your Hatzlocha and your honor. Got it? Okay, now. So now. He says the true punishments for sins are way more difficult than all the hardships of life. That one in Shamayim, by us, a short period of time over there, it's, it's a very extended period of time. Woe to this Dimyan, which is a very, very big enemy of ours. This Dimyan is something that we did to ourselves. Okay? Right now I'm just translating the words, but in a moment I'm going to breathe some life into this thing. Ezra, you're all bundled up? Okay. May I put on the heat for the moon. Okay? We chose this path of dimyon as something that we chose. And it's also in our ability to make the dimyon far from us. Meaning, to uproot the power of dimyon is impossible. It's part of your Kachas HaNefesh and it has a good place too. But we can be marchiket and use it in the proper measurement. How we do that? By paying attention to our seichel. Hashem built us with two powerful kochot. One is a kochadimian, and one is a kochaseichel. So if we get used to, we train ourselves to listen to the kochaseichel, to think about truth, which means this is a attribute of the seichel. I'm going to explain everything. I just want to translate the words. Meaning, dimyan only sees the here and now. It only sees what I benefit from the Aver. Seichel makes you think about the other side. And what are you going to lose? So it makes you think. It empowers and activates the Kaya seichel. And once you activate the Kaya HaSeichel, then you're able to fight the Dimya. Manasa, but that's not such an easy thing to do. Why? HaDimya Nachal Shoytev. The Dimya is like a raging river. Va'aseichel Yitpa. 
and the seichel will drown in the dimin. And the dimin is so strong and so powerful that the mind is not strong enough to fight it. That means what he's saying is, really, dimin is a stronger kayak than seichel ba'atza. Unless we place the seichel in a boat, he rikshas hanefesh which is a whole speech to explain that. So basically what he's trying to say is like this, in a nutshell, but now I'm going to bring it in a minute, in a very, uh, we have to actualize it a little bit, okay? In a nutshell, what he's saying is that of course every single human being has tithers. Every single human being has a tonot, right? Correct? But technically, we were also built with a seichel that is the keli to work with the tithers. Seichel could work with the tithers. The problem is that there is another koyach in a person called dimyan. So when dimyan distorts the truth, it allows the ritzoyness and the tithers to go wild. At that point, when the dimyan is controlling the human being, the seichel has very little power against it. It's going to drown. So it won't work. Unless we do what this letter is going to teach us, which he calls building a boat for the seichel that it doesn't drown in the water. Okay? Which that's what we're going to learn about. How to do that. Okay? Well, that's what he's trying to set up for us. Now, I want to make something clear here, and I want to make something practical. Even though it's going to develop over the letter, I don't want it to be so abstract, because it can be very hard to hold with it. Okay? So I want to make sure that the Oilam doesn't make draw the wrong picture in their mind when they read the letter of Rabbi Sosalanta. Because you can picture in your mind right now that a Baldimian, <clears throat> the way you're going to picture it in the most exaggerated level of a Baldimian, is a guy who's running after his tithers like a madman. And he's doing a various <coughs> left, right, and center. He's very makel on... And he's free. Almost like we picture in our mind what we call in Yiddish a fryer mensch. You know what a fryer mensch is? Fryer guy. You know what fry means? doesn't mean fried. It means fry. Fry in Yiddish means free. He's a free guy. He's chofshi. He can do whatever he wants. Why? Because he has a koyachadimian, right? So he's a bum. Don't think that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about that. Okay? Don't think like that. I'm going to show you what we're talking about. Okay? First of all, you have to know. Step one. Okay? The first cloud you have to know is that all Jewish people, Ba'atzim, don't want to sin. The Chazal tell us, Rishaim, male haratot. Even Rishaim are full with remorse. Meaning they don't want to sin. And when they sin, they feel bad about it. So, you have to understand, we're talking about a normal guy here. We're talking about me and you. I can't say you because maybe you're on a very high level, but I can say me. Regular guy, material mitzvahs, of course learns and does mitzvahs and everything, and happy about doing mitzvahs too. And we don't want to sin. And of course, that when we fall, we feel bad about it. But you can still be a baldemian. Okay, now I want to explain it in these terms. 
And when you see it in these terms, you'll see how relevant the letter is to you. Okay, you ready? You ready for this? Amkis, Stephen, you're back in town. Full-fledged, day in, day out. That is Hashem, because this is so important, you don't even know. Okay? Now I'm going to take an example, which is Be'etzem, a complete schmooze in itself, because I'm going to talk about Shmir Senai, having an issue with watching our eyes, okay? Which is today a pandemic. Shmir Senai is a pandemic today. Maybe one day I will give a series about it, but I'm not going to do that now. So I'm only using it as a marshal, so I can't take the whole sugi apart. And also it's going to touch areas of what we call menucha sanefesh, which is a subject we're really discussing in the Shabbos spot. So I can't give you the full scope, but I want to bring it out, and again, dimyun and seichel. Okay? So here's the example. A guy goes on Friday to shop for Shabbos. Okay? But in the store, he keeps on getting distracted with a Shmiris Enaim issue. Right? That's common. Because there's girls there, there's women there. Not everybody is dressed the Christi divorce, right? So he's constantly distracted by a Shmiris Enaim issue. Okay? Now, then you could have another person who doesn't have less tithers than you. You have tithers, he has tithers. You're a man, he's a man. But for some reason, he is able to overcome that challenge. And not necessarily because he has more gavura. You know what gavura means? More self-control or more strength. Because you can't live your life only fighting. Zelolech. Because eventually... Even the biggest gibor in the world has falls down, you know. So it can't be that the only tool in your tool chest or the only weapon in your arsenal is going to be gevura, because eventually the gevura is going to fall. Second of all, it can't be that the Torah wants us only to use gevura, because lemaisa, if you saw something that you weren't supposed to see. And it had a negative effect on you, even if you overcame the challenge and you were able to move away from it. But you for sure had a Yerida at the moment, somewhat of a Yerida you had, right? Torah doesn't want us to have Yeridas in the first place. But yet we live in the world, you know? So how do we do that? Okay, so again, I don't want to go to the whole topic of Shmir tonight, But I want to give you Benegea, Seichel, and Dimya. Okay, you ready, Moishi? This is deep stuff now. Joey, you're listening? Deep stuff. You see, a person who lives with Seichel, forget about Atid Lavo, you see, the way Rabbi Sosalant is now talking about next life. Let's talk about this life, okay? So a person who lives with Seichel means, by definition, is a person that lives with a Mahalach. Meaning he has an objective and he's focused on his objective. So let me give you an explanation, right? We know that the halakha is that if a person is, let's say, he works for a zoo or something like this, right? And in his work, in his work, he has to mate the animals. He's involved in 
making sure they have offspring. Okay? Now, in halacha, a person is not allowed to look at animals mating because it can be ma'ira taiva by him. It's halacha. However, if this is what you do for a living, it's mutter. Why? Because we say, tarud b'malachta. Because you're busy with your job. So you're not focused on that. There's a deep thing in the Koychus HaNefesh HaOdom that if you could see something which for one guy would awaken desire, for another guy you could be seeing the exact same thing, but if he's Torah B'Malach, it won't speak to him. So I'm just using that as a dogma that not every uh, situation which can be Ma'ayur Taiva doesn't necessarily do, to, do, do that. That's really de- dependent on you. That's your decision. If you would be a Torah b'malach, they wouldn't do it. If you're not a Torah b'malach, it does it, right? The Rambam says the halacha is that if a person's asakavi manashim, let's say he's a doctor, for example, okay? Now, he's allowed to do that work as long as he doesn't do yichud. Why? Again, Torah b'malach. What does that mean, Torah b'malach? Because the doctor is focused on what he's doing, healing the person, healing the patient. And every minute of interaction between them is about healing. So therefore, when your mind is focused on a certain activity, a mahalach, how to heal somebody, and all the pratim of the interaction is built around that, you will not get a problem of arise. Okay? So let me take this, go back to the, to the shopping, okay? This is a very deep thing. It's a very deep thing. Try to dihar it as much as possible. If let's say before I got into my car to go to the supermarket, I was thinking like this. What am I going to do now? What's my objective? What am I doing here, right? So I'm trying to shop for Shabbos. But let me break that down. I want to find something that maybe will make my wife excited and happy so I can do some shalom bias here. And then I'm thinking about my kids and I'm saying, oh, this one likes this and this one likes that. And maybe I can find things to make my kids happy and give them a taste of Shabbos and develop a stronger bond and relationship with my kids. And let's say I'm having some guests also. So I'm trying to think of how to do Hachnosus Archim the best way possible. That there should be enough variety and it should be comfortable for them and they shouldn't feel like there's not enough here or whatever, right? And I can think about the mitzvah called Oynik Shabbos and how to be mekayim the mitzvah Oynik Shabbos in the best way possible, right? So now I created for myself an objective. And the objective has a malach. That means I have to go through this, the, the different aisles and looking for the things that I'm trying to do to reach my objective. That means the whole time, the entire time, from when I walked into the store to when I walked out of the store, I am fixated around a mahalach. I'm doing something. I'm trying to reach an objective and all the parts, and I can even get excited about it, Right? And then when I pick up this item, I say, ah, I'm buying this Lakovit Shabbos, right? So this means that my nefesh, this is called Menuchas nefesh, where my nefesh is munach in what I'm doing, and so is my seichel, because I have a mahalach in what I'm doing, okay? That type of guy will not notice anything, because he's torud b'malachtoi, so to speak. 
He's involved in what he's doing. He's munachelet. He's not just doing a random thing. He's doing something. Now somebody who's a bigger person will see this action as part of even a bigger picture. Trying to develop himself as an Adam HaSholet. And someone who's bigger will see this part of the picture of preparing himself for Elam right? The picture can get bigger and bigger. But it's an endeavor that he's involved in. And that's called a person who lives with Seichel. A person who lives with Seichel means he lives with a Mahalach. And when you live with a Mahalach, then you're focused on your Mahalach. And then you see all the mundane things of life part of the Mahalach. And therefore, it's all different pratim in getting that done, right? Let's say you take your kids on a trip because you want to bond with your children, right? So, if you're focused, then you're looking for more opportunities on the trip, who to talk to more, who to spend time with, what activities to do. It's all revolved around that thing. That's called the guy lives in Mahalach, okay? Obviously, the ultimate and the greatest Mahalach of all Mahalachim is that if you're living to prepare yourself for the Osir Havadai, you know, that's the biggest and the greatest Mahalach. Rabbi Sosalant is talking about the highest level guy in the world, Right? But his point is a very simple, simple but deep point. He's saying, a person who lives with Seichel lives with Mahalach. So when you live with a Mahalach, only the things that are Nagaya to the Mahalach speak to you. Okay? Now, a person who lives in Dimyan is also religious. And he also does mitzvahs. And he also doesn't want to do Averis. But he doesn't live with a Mahalach. He's random. He puts on Tzvillin, very nice. He davens a little bit, very nice. He does a random mitzvah here, he does a random mitzvah there. But he's all up, all efshariyot. You know what that means? All possibilities are open for him. So when he's going to the store, he's got a punk going to the store. He's going to get his kugel. Okay, punk is getting kugel, you know. But it's not part of a Mahalach. So it doesn't govern every step of the way. Right? So now, another opportunity came up. He saw a woman, you know, that's another opportunity. She's Ma'iru Fahim Ataifa. Because he's open. A person without a Mahalach is open for all possibilities. So what Rabbi Shaw is talking about is a guy who doesn't want to live his life according to a Mahalach. I mean, I'll do a mitzvah, but not under pressure. Not because it's my whole agenda and my whole endeavor, you know. If it works out, I'll learn Gemara too, why not? If it works out, I'll do mitzvahs too, why not? I'm a, I'm a very like spontaneous guy, you know. I'm, I live in the moment. The here and now. That's Odom Chavshi. Odom Chavshi is a here and now guy. Today, Yuvamah says Gishmak, I learned Yuvamah, why not? Lamalo. It's a mitzvah. Right? So when you live without a direction and without a structure, and without an endeavor, and without any uh, thinking about a destination, and understanding that all the steps of your life till you get to the destination is part of the destination, then your tithers control your life. So again, going back to the example, two guys go to supermarket, one guy comes back every Friday and he has all kinds of you read this, from a Shmir Sanayim, and the other guy didn't even notice anything. Two people. Both have tithes. 
Both of them. I don't say one guy is more typhus than the other. Sometimes the guy blames it. He says, well, Hashem must have made me. Azam means tickle bal taiva. You know, I'm like Mejnun. No, you're not Mejnun. You just have no mahalachachayim. You don't have a direction. And even in the action you're doing has no direction. When the action you're doing has a direction, it's defined by seichel. What you're trying to do, you have an objective and you're working with the objective and you're finding all the, you're focused on doing it efficiently and effectively and you're placed in it, then you won't notice things even. Or they won't speak to you even if you saw something. It wouldn't speak to you even in the first place. You just move on like you never even saw it. it wouldn't make a reaction in the brain. You understand? You know who says this? This is not my chiddush, but this is what Rabbi Sosalant is saying. The Rambam says, the Rambam says, how come people have a problem with Arayas? Because their minds are panui mina chokmah. And machshevas right? Now the Rambam doesn't mean that you have, I'm not going to all the diyukim of the Rambam now, that's not the shmuz for today. But the Rambam doesn't mean that you have to sit and think in Yuvomis when you go shopping. It's not what the Rambam means. It doesn't mean that you have to be licking in the sugi in Yuvomis. I wouldn't advise you to do that, because instead of seeing Arayas, you're going to bump into Arayas, you know? <laughs> So I think it might be worse, you know. So that's not what the Rambam is saying. The Rambam is saying is the mitzvah of Oynik Shabbos and the mitzvah of Orchim and the mitzvah of Shalom Bayis becomes the endeavor of why you're walking into that store. So your mind is filled in what you're doing. And then you don't see Arayas, you know. Of course it's a big work and it's a lot of training of the brain, 100%. It's not a two minute thing. But I'm giving you a mahalach. This is the mahalach. Because you have to work with seichel. Odin works with seichel. Seichel defines the doing. Uh, defines, makes definition. A baldimian doesn't want any definition. He wants to live random. He'll do mitzvahs. And even after he does averis, he has charata. We have to know that the seichel, Rabbi Rucham writes, Das Chochmomusa is a Moedikatifa Maima. He says, Seichel is the Kaili, the gift that Hashem gave us to be our Rebbe and Majich to teach us how to go through life. That's what he says. And he says, as much as you have to protect your nature, like you know, make sure you don't get sick or whatever, and just like you have to be showing Torah you have to, to watch things, you have to watch your Seichel. You have to make sure that your seichel doesn't drown in your dimyon. That's a chiyu. You have a chiyu to make sure your seichel doesn't drown in dimyon. But now we have to do the work to figure out how to do that because deep within us there's a desire to be free. I don't want to have a direction and an endeavor and a focus, right? Even though if I did that I would be a happy person. Because half the reason why this country has no menuchas and nefesh is because the nefesh is not munach and anything. But we would feel good at that. Yeah? We'd actually feel pleasure, tainuk from attachment. We don't have any of those things. That's why we're all messed up. But in the first step, it sounds like a very difficult thing because why would you want to live a life of endeavor? So, Adam Chofshi The problem is when you're Chofshi you have no control over your tithes. And if you want to use this thing called Gevura, like the last second, you know, to be stronger than it, or try to pull on some Yerushalayim, which you don't have much of anyway, so now you're really cooked, right? So what's the real answer to deal with Shmir Senayim? To have a life of a mahalach. 
Okay? So we have to talk about this more. But that's what I wanted to bring out now. You'll see through the letter how this is going to develop and how Torah is going to play a big role in this. But if you don't establish this point in the beginning of the letter, you might have read this first psycho introduction of Rabbi Saul and say, ah, this guy's a bum. The guy's in clubs in the city. Baruch Hashem, I'm not Chofshi bin Demyoinoi. No, we are Chofshi bin Demyoinoi. You got it? Okay, we'll talk.